Hi, I'm Robin Birkin and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast, a place for women struggling to conceive to find emotional support, conception advice and real talk. To me, being a warrior means true glory is in rising every time we fall, having the courage to be afraid and being ready for whatever challenges cross our path. So welcome, warrior. You're on your way. I promise to support and guide you on every single episode. Let's begin. Hi, warriors, and welcome to yet another episode of the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. This has actually been a really popular video of mine on YouTube. I only have a very few videos on YouTube. I have plans to maybe add a couple more. Really, my focus is on producing an A-class podcast for you guys on a really consistent weekly basis. So I haven't posted very much at all, but this particular video has now amassed about 25,000 views. So it's obviously something that is important that you're interested in. So I'm really happy to dive into it and possibly in a little bit more detail today on the podcast. And what we're talking about is how to thicken your uterine lining. We're going to talk about seven different things that you can do to help thicken your uterine lining. What you want to do is increase the blood flow. You want to regulate your hormones to help give you a really good uterine lining. About eight millimeters at the time of ovulation is the optimal thickness, but too thin or too thick is not really ideal for fertility, for implementation. And to be really truthful, there's actually heaps of reasons why that could be and particularly many reasons why it could be too thin. If you're currently at a fertility specialist and you have that ultrasound that they do right before ovulation, you might find that your uterine lining isn't really ideal, like it's not really where it's supposed to be before ovulation. And they kind of, sometimes they're like, oh, let's hope that it gets thicker. That might not be the answer that you're looking for, and you may be looking for some strategies. So let's have a chat about seven things that you can do. Number one is, if you're not sure, check with your doctor. If you have something like fibroids, if you have something like endometriosis, there may be some surgery that's required. I would definitely recommend ruling out or trying to discover what the cause of that is and then rectifying that, okay? So try to find out, like, why is my uterine lining too thin? And then trying to go from there. And sometimes it's, you know, quite a big condition like fibroids, like endometriosis that we need to rectify. So some of the things that you might do ruling out surgery is to go see someone like a naturopath or a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. If you're a fertility specialist or Western medicine person doesn't have a solution for you or an answer for you, maybe go and see somebody else and see if there are different tests, modalities and things like that that might help you. So that's number one. But now let's talk about six natural things that you can do that will help increase the blood flow to your uterus, help get things moving there. And, you know, it's all about if we've got this nice 
juicy blood flowing through that area. It's like watering a garden. Let's think about it like watering a garden. If we can water that garden, make sure it's nice and healthy and nourished, then that's going to provide a nice, healthy, cushiony, nourishy space for your little MB baby, okay? So number two on this is looking at getting, literally getting the blood flow moving in your body. So what does that? Exercise. I'm a big fan though of not doing super stressful exercise because some exercise can produce cortisol. It's a different type of cortisol to that sort of anxiety producing cortisol, or at least I think it is. But on the same token, I still think it can be cortisol producing and therefore not necessarily productive for what we want. So some really good ways to increase the blood flow is walking and fertility yoga or fertility pilates. And often what's happening is, I don't know about you, but a lot of, for me especially, like I sit in a sedentary job for most of the day and that's kind of squishing our uterus. It's squishing all of those organs and we don't want that to happen. We want to increase the blood flow. So going walking, doing yoga, even if you're sitting at your desk and you want to just get up regularly or on your lunch break, you want to have a quick lunch break and then just go for a casual walk after to just make sure that it's not sedentary, squashed and things like that. That's how we can increase the blood flow is literally get the blood flow moving in our body. So number three is to really start cutting down on inflammatory foods. So especially caffeine, sugar, and processed foods. So there's often a lot of hidden sugars in things like fruit juices and things like biscuits, anything that is processed, anything that's going to be like a microwave food. You really want to just go back to whole foods. Like think of what your grandmother ate uh, and they can be really anti-inflammatory. Things like caffeine, caffeine in and of itself, if it's like black coffee, can be an anti-inflammatory food in and of itself, but it's not really great for the blood flow to our uterus. Coffee can actually just throw out these whole cortisol levels and everything that's going on in our body. Caffeine and coffee is a very long story of how it works in our body. But if you can cut out caffeine, if you can cut out sugar, if you can cut out processed foods, or at the very least, really reduce them, then that's going to make a big difference to the blood flow to your uterus. So if you're looking at me and you're now thinking, okay, yeah, thanks, Robin. Now I need to give up coffee, what am I going to drink? Something that you can consider is something called red raspberry leaf tea. So a lot of the time we associate red raspberry leaf tea with women who are heavily pregnant and often women in their third trimester will chug this stuff in order to stimulate uterine contractions, in order to increase their uterine tone to prepare for birth. But you can drink a certain amount of red raspberry leaf tea. They usually always have the instructions on how much to drink on the pack, but it increases your uterine tone. So it can kind of do like some minor kind of contractions, but that's kind of stimulating the movement, stimulating things happening in there and increasing the blood flow. So not having that stagnant energy in there. Red raspberry leaf tea, if you are giving up caffeine, that could be something that you want to try. The next one that we have on the list, and this is the number one thing that I recommend it for, is acupuncture. Anyone who has 
a thin uterine lining, the number one recommendation that I would have is to hop to a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and start a process of acupuncture. So I actually wrote a post at one point where I looked at some of the studies of acupuncture and basically there were some studies that showed that it didn't really make a difference, but that study was a little bit flawed because it showed only like two sessions of acupuncture. It's not going to be that kind of simple. You're going to need to have like a course of treatment, so prepare yourself for that. But I myself, my uterine lining used to be on the thin side and I did acupuncture for four months and I swear to you, I walked in one day with the sorest back, like I could barely walk. I walked out of there with a perfect back. So there is something to be said about acupuncture, but I started my acupuncture with uterine lining that was on the thin side. And ever since I finished that four month course of acupuncture, my uterine lining was pretty much spot on optimal all of the time. And it was just one less thing that I needed to worry about on my fertility journey. So I absolutely like cannot endorse more a course of acupuncture for your uterine lining. And I think it goes without saying that as with anything, it's the same with podcasts. There's good podcasts out there. There's not so good podcasts out there. There are amazing fertility specialists out there. There are not so amazing fertility specialists out there. Same with traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists. So some people will go to see an acupuncturist and it'll be like this beautiful experience. I'm going to be honest, it kind of wasn't like that for me. But if we have a look at acupuncture, if you're not happy with your acupuncturist, go and see a different one because not all of them are like that. So you may not choose the right acupuncture clinic for you right off the bat. You may have to try one or two places. But if I had just one recommendation from this list of things that you could try, it would be to go and take a course of acupuncture to help improve your uterine lining. It's not one of these things where you can just do one session and it's like once and done. You do have to take a course of acupuncture sessions for a few months, but this can really help get your uterine lining in exactly the right place. So number six, and this is probably quite helpful for those of you who don't want to do acupuncture anymore or for those of you who have done a course of, you know, three or four months of acupuncture and feel like you've, you know, done that, is you can actually do something called acupressure. And acupressure works along some of the same lines as acupuncture in that sometimes acupressure massage will target some of the meridian points, the same meridian points that acupuncture will target. And basically what you're doing is creating like quite a deep force when you're creating this massage to essentially create the same effect as acupuncture. So acupuncture uses the tiny needles. This uses like some big force. So it's quite a brutal is the wrong word. (laughs) It's quite like there's a skill to it um, and you have to push quite deep. But what you would do is self massage. So sometimes they call it like Mayan abdominal massage. Sometimes they call it, you know, like acupressure or self massage for fertility. You can look on YouTube. There's plenty of different places and I'm working at the moment on getting a tutorial into 
uh, program as well. The long story short is there's heaps of places that you can learn to do it. And basically what you would do is at certain times of a month, so this isn't something that you could do for the whole time of your cycle, is you would do this acupressure massage, maybe before you went to bed or something like that. It's going to stimulate a lot more blood flow to that area, which is going to help make it nice and juicy. So number seven is my last one. And I guess this comes back to pretty much everything that I talk about within the Fertility Warriors. And that is about employing some healthy coping mechanisms to manage the stress that you're under. And I'll tell you why this happens. When we are in constant fight or flight mode, and we can reach that because, you know, we're It's an inherently stressful experience, but we can end up with dominant neural pathways in our brain that trigger our amygdala to essentially set off the fire alarm in our body, the fight or flight response, and we can end up triggering that really easily. It's almost like our brain, you know, when we have these strong neural pathways, our brain is trained to just trigger that the second that things get really hard. So we end up triggering fight or flight mode all the time. And part of fight or flight mode, we always talk about running away from the tiger and how in you know the olden days, the prehistoric times, we'd be chased by a saber-toothed tiger that would trigger our fight or flight response. And then, you know, once we climbed up the tree and the tiger couldn't get there, the tiger would run away, the threat would be over you know, we go back to our parasympathetic nervous system. You can't really have both of these activated at the same time. So we'd go back to our parasympathetic nervous system. There was a definite end to the stressful experience that we were under. And the way that society is these days, the advent of social media, the internet, the way we absorb so much information, which can be really overwhelming, has landed us in this situation where we are so much more readily triggering our fight or flight response. These aren't life or death situations. They're highly stressful situations. Produces this rush of cortisol as well as a number of other things. So I know that you know about this because I talk about it all the time, but one of the things that happens is just in case we get bitten by the saber-toothed tiger, our bodies actually like kind of coagulate the blood a little bit. They stop the blood from flowing so regularly because if you get bitten by the tiger, you don't want to bleed to death. It makes your blood and or your skin taste a bit acidic because it doesn't want you to taste good for the saber-toothed tiger. But coming back to our uterine lining, one of the things that it does is it tries to like make our blood not as flowy. It kind of coagulates it. This is my scientific word. It makes it not as flowy. So if we can bring ourselves back to the parasympathetic, our parasympathetic nervous system, regularly all you need is moments all you need is moments to catch yourself and then employ strategies to keep bringing yourself down so we want to kind of build dominant neural pathways towards our parasympathetic nervous system we want to really strengthen the skills that we have in pulling ourselves out of fight or flight that's basically everything that I teach in my signature program right So many of you will know that as the Fertility Warrior Intensive, we'll be changing the name very shortly, but that is everything that I teach is the actual how of how to get yourself out of that. It's about a toolbox of strategies to help you cope on this journey. It's not about just saying, 
just relax or go take a cruise or a holiday or have a boozy night. So beyond that. We all know it's beyond that, right? And it's about understanding the neuroscience behind what's going on. It's about understanding how we sometimes develop stories around ourselves, stories like I'm not worthy of becoming a mum and things like that and how we can really address that and really start to employ a different perspective on our journey that can help us cope but also practical strategies of what to do in panic attacks. How you know can we strengthen the neural pathways that will lead us more frequently towards activating our parasympathetic nervous system and when we come back to uterine lining we want our blood to be flowing really nicely we don't want our blood to be coagulating and when we can get stuck sometimes it's like we're stuck as a society in this fight or flight mode it's really important for us to get out of that fight or flight mode so if i had you know number seven the number seven thing that you can do is not now stress about the stress that you're under and stress that the stress is causing your uterine lining to fail, but rather to feel empowered and to start taking some small actions towards how you can bring yourself back to your parasympathetic nervous system. And even if it feels like it's not working, things like meditation and yoga have been shown time and time and time again to not only bring us back into our parasympathetic nervous system, but also to reduce inflammation in our bodies. And when it comes to infertility, you know, inflammation is everything really. More and more people are discovering that inflammation is one of the key components of infertility. So those are my seven tips to help you increase your uterine lining. So let's recap those. Number one is rule out certain conditions with your doctor that could be impeding your uterine lining. And you can also, if you don't find any joy there, you can also talk to your naturopath, your traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. Number two is get some exercise, get some movement there. Um, you know, lots of walking, um, yoga, Pilates. If you're sitting at a sedentary desk, get up regularly. Don't sit there and all day stuck at your desk, squishing your uterus and things like that. Get up, walk around. Number three is drop the inflammatory foods and move towards a whole food diet in every circumstance that you can. Mix the caffeine and dramatically, please, Um, cut out sugar in your diet, especially the hidden sugars, the sugars that are in things like orange juice and stuff like that. So the next one is consider red raspberry leaf tea. Have a look on the pack at when it's safe to take it and how many cups you should take for what your specific time of the month is. But red raspberry leaf tea can help tone your uterus and so it can be helpful in that regard. Acupuncture, can't recommend it enough. Acupuncture, acupuncture, acupuncture. If I have one tip for this podcast, it is for uterine lining, it's acupuncture. Followed by self-fertility massage, sometimes known as Mayan abdominal massage or acupressure massage. But at the right times of the month, doing that can also dramatically increase the blood flow to that area, which can help thicken your uterine lining. And the very last one is to employ some healthy coping mechanisms to help bring you out of um, your sympathetic nervous system and into your parasympathetic nervous system. 
I hope that's been really helpful for you today. We are up to nearly 30,000 views on YouTube, as I said. So it's obviously something that a lot of people are interested on and wanting to know more about. So if you ever have any topic requests, then do reach out to me. Instagram's probably the best way to reach out to me. Just come and find me in the DMs. You can find me at Robin Birkin and let me know. Sometimes I'll do call outs for questions as well, but I really love hearing from you. I really love hearing what's been helpful and I love, love, love when I receive your ratings and your reviews on iTunes. So please keep them coming. They seriously make my day. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you at the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Fertility Warriors podcast with me, your host, Robin Birkin. If you would like more tools, resources, and courses to help you survive your journey, please head to robinburkin.com. And if you like this podcast, please share it with others. I look forward to catching you at the next episode.